Blog Talk Radio. What's up, guys? You're listening to Wide Open Radio, the nation's number one motorcycle talk radio show, with your hosts, Courtney Lambert and Dave Withrow. Hear real talk discussions about the latest custom motorcycle news and events. Now grab a drink and have a seat, because we're about to get started. What's up, guys? You're listening to Wide Open Radio. I'm your host, Courtney Lambert. We'll have my co-host, Dave Withrow, in hopefully soon. Uh, He's out in Las Vegas for SEMA this week, and I am here in Galveston, Texas, for the Lone Star Rally. So I can't wait to tell you all about that. Um, It's been a little confusing. We had to change the time up. So I hope some of you guys were able to stay up to listen to the live episode tonight. And if not, don't worry. We're going to be playing this episode probably quite a few times this week just to make sure everybody has a chance to listen. Um, Here at Lone Star Rally, they changed the event hours. We had to be out there a little bit later with our booth. So I just wanted to make sure that we were able to close up and then get in to do the show. So um, it's been pretty cool out here so far. Um, Today, Thursday, was a little bit, um, you know, Kind of not a full crowd, but it's been pretty good. The weather was good, and we're hoping that tomorrow and Saturday the rain will hold out a little bit. Uh, Dave, you with us now? I'm here. I'm calling in live from the Harley-Davidson Cafe on the Strip. Uh-oh. It's awful quiet. Can you hear me? Yeah. No, I'm saying oh, okay. I, there's no background noise, so it's quiet. Well, good. Good, because I'm upstairs kind of hiding in the corner where it's where it's kind of closed and everybody's <laughs> downstairs. I just go Are you going to do the whole price. show from there? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have to get okay. some pictures. But I I just scarfed a chicken fried steak in record time with Curtis Hoffman and Big Matt Brower. Or Big Matt Beckel so from Brower Designs. So I may be burping uh, during the show. <laughs> okay. All right. So how's it been out there so far? Because I've been – keeping up with everybody's updates and all kinds of posts and stuff. And I'm I'm almost jealous that I'm not there. I love Lone Star Rally, and I wouldn't trade out, but it, it looks like you guys are having a good time. You know, I hadn't been. I, my first scene was in 93 with Easy Riders, and then I didn't miss one until 2008 when I started doing the High Seas Rally. So for me to yeah. come back kind of post the recession – it's bigger than it's ever been. I mean, it's sensory overload. You can't do it in the five days they give you. It's that big of a show. Hey, you know, I keep hearing more and more people say that, and you wonder if they are not going to make it a whole two-weekend, you know, a nine-day thing for two weekends in a week because it seems like that's almost what it would take. And so many people put so much effort into the, the cars and bikes and stuff that they build to go out there, so you would think that they would kind of give them a little more for their money. Well, every time you turn a corner, you run into somebody you know or you see a bike in a booth, and especially with all the mm-hmm. audio guys that are doing crossovers. So Clock had a bike in Kicker, and uh, I think John Schultz had two bikes in, uh, like, MTX. So everybody is supporting this thing, and Arlen and Corey were there uh, with Magnaflow because Magnaflow is doing the Nest line. So literally, right. you're just being into friends everywhere you go. Well, you bring up a good point, and I'm curious about this. Um, do you feel like 
SEMA is becoming more of a place for motorcyclists to go. I've seen a lot of people um, in the bike industry and in the bike community kind of post, they're curious about SEMA. Like, should we go? Is is there something there for bikers? So do you feel like it's more uh, welcoming to bikers and motorcyclists? Well, SEMA has tried numerous times to get the the motorcycle guys to become part of SEMA. And what people forget is SEMA is a it's a nonprofit. And uh, okay. what, what they do with that money is they lobby in Washington to protect the aftermarket uh, automotive stuff. And they wanted to bring the motorcycle guys in. I think the first time was in 97 or 8 when Custom Chrome was the, the biggest company out there. And Custom Chrome really was for it. So anybody who competed against Custom Chrome was against it. But we've had in the 90s where they had a dedicated American Beach Wind section. So they've lobbied to get us on board. Now what you see is like Dakota Digital. They sell automotive. They sell motorcycle. Magnet Flow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wizards is here. And Hoffman's got his bike in with Wizards. So you see a lot of the crossover stuff. And Doug Magoon obviously is here. So Paul Tracy's running around. I, I don't know if Paul had a bike, but there is so many like amazing baggers in this thing. It's uh, So okay. you, you kind of feel like you're a part of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad that we have you guys out there to cover the event. Um, you're going to maybe send us some pictures tomorrow? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll send you some out of just some of the different baggers that I was shooting. And uh, okay. I mean, 32s and 30s and 26s and you know, some non-bagger motorcycles that were kind of crazy that were out there. But, yeah, there's just a lot of yeah. stuff. And then tomorrow it's over, and, like, I, I feel I haven't seen two-thirds of the show. What do you, out of all the, out of the entire place, what has been your favorite display there? Who has the best booth? You know, it's it's hard to say because, you know, we come from the Cincinnati Beach Win Expo where a lot of our guys – do very simple 10x10s, 10x20s, here, mm-hmm. size matters, and it's floor to ceiling. And, you know, I, who have I seen here? Um, everybody used to try and out-top each other. So it used to be, okay, well, tonight Sammy Hart-Kagar is playing because these guys are putting it on. James Brown, that's who I was trying to think of. I saw James Brown before he died because somebody – that one of my clients handed me a ticket and said these guys are sponsoring it. And that's it's so much different than the motorcycle because we don't have the resources that the automotive does. But you, right, you go right. in that park, parking lot and you see some of the wildest, coolest trucks, muscle cars, you name it. it it's just the best of the best this year. That's cool. That's cool. Um, I've, like I said, I keep following everybody's posts, and I'm hoping that, you know, if you'll send pictures, we'll post them on our page so everybody can see. Um, what else do you feel like you can give everybody? Because I said that we were going to cover the event for them. So what else can you tell us that you've seen out there, or who have you – have you met anybody interesting that you've not met before? Uh, no, but it, it felt like, uh, you know, I'm hanging with some of the guys from Misfits, like Moose is down here and the guys that aren't down in Galveston. So James Patience, we were hanging with him last night, we're with Curtis Hoffman, and with John Shope today. But what's interesting is everybody's talking about the radio show and how much fun they have either having been on it or listening to it. And it's like this guilty little 
pleasure. And John brought it up, and he's like, so what was the reaction? Did people like it? Did they hate it? <laughs> and I said, no, good reaction. And, and I was going to ask, has his show moved up to the number one, or who's our number one show now? That's a good question, Dave. Let me look. Let's see. I Last I checked, you know who was in the lead was um, the, our guys, and they still are, T.O.L., T.O.L. killed it with their episode. Yeah, the one I with mean, the worst it. audio. They, I know, I know. I can't believe it. Maybe, maybe it has so many listens because people, <laughs> people had to stop listening and come back. I don't know, but they have, God, they have four times as many listens as any other show we've ever done. Wow, that's crazy, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah. I sent them a text the other day. I was like, "You guys totally killed it," and they were like, "Oh, that's so cool. That's awesome. Thanks for letting us know." But yeah, they've four times as many listens as any other show we've ever done. Now, John's episode, he's up there. He's probably the second or third most listened to show that we've had. So last night, uh, Doug McCune invited us to this party up at MGM, and you felt like you were in the hangover. It was one of those two-story suites (laughs) that had inside and outside. It looked over the whole city, and you just felt like you were, you know, a baller up there, and we ended up at the Hard Rock, so it's James Patience and his guys, the TOL crew, uh, Curtis Hoffman and his crew, Paul Tracy, just all taking over the Hard Rock, so it was fun. This sounds like the biggest recipe for disaster. What happened? (laughs) No, we we, we had fun, and then uh, I think about one in the morning, a group of them decided to go to uh, a more adult entertainment-related facility. Of course. And uh, some of us tapped out and went home and behaved so we could hit the show early, and some stayed out <laughs> all night. Now, I won't give you any names. I won't tell you Curtis Hoffman was out all night. I was going to say, you don't have to give me any names. I know pretty much all of them well enough. I did get a comment from somebody today, though, saying that tonight's show is past your bedtime, so I'm glad you were able to stay up with us. Well, I'm I'm West Coast time, you know, so uh, I know this is perfect for me. But you know, what we haven't <laughs> talked about is where I was last weekend or last week when we didn't have a show. Don't worry, I was going to bring it up because this is like the big announcement. I told everybody, and I hope you're going to announce it. If not, I'm going to out you. But tell us about the tell us about the High Seas Rally, Dave. What happened there? Well, okay. Well, first, uh, I, I saw my favorite ten year old, and I got a new joke for you, a new clean joke. Oh, God. I, I hope to God I get this. Okay. Why is a giraffe's neck so long? Why, Dave? Because his head is so far from his body. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, Who is this kid again? It's uh, Danny Gray's niece. Okay. <laughs> God love her. See, I'm going to keep feeding this. I mean, one it day you're gonna... It does, doesn't it? <laughs> it? It does. It's just the logic of a 10-year-old. I like it. So, so, so I was on so the high, tell us about the high mm-hmm. You know, you, I can just tell you're smiling, that you're, like, grinning. Like, you'd like, I have a secret. Uh, so <laughs> I'm down. This is why we we fight so much is because you, you hold these things over my head. Dave, we don't fight. This is all in your head. We're not fighting. Just tell the story. 
Okay. So this could be the last. Stop laughing. This could be the last high seas rally. There's not one scheduled for 16, and they're hoping to come back 17. So it's kind of special. I brought uh, my girlfriend Samara. It was her first cruise. the The weather was perfect. They had 15 dialysis oh, patients. On. It was her first cruise. Um, one of the highlights of the trip was uh, country artist uh, Daryl Worley, uh-huh. who's he, he does a lot of military songs. He did the the big song after nine eleven, and they do a, a military night. And he came out and just played the guitar and sang. And he had a buddy of his that was on board with him that owns a motorcycle shop, and they just sat there acoustically and did all these songs. And I, I literally, there was not a dry eye in the house. Aww. So the last night on board, we decided to, to out-drink Daryl Worley with tequila shots. <laughs> Naturally. So I wrote I wrote a million-selling uh, song the next morning while I was throwing up called I'll Never Drink Tequila with Daryl Worley Again. So it'll, it'll be coming to your radio soon. I'm sure. But, uh, I, I, so they raised, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars, which hopefully will go towards dialysis patients in 2017 if they bring the crews back. If not, they're going to let all of us decide which charities they, it'll go to. But we're hoping that they keep this thing together. But the only mm-hmm. other thing that really happened other than the weather was great was I got engaged in uh, Cocoa Beach, Florida. And that's why you keep laughing. <laughs> No, I'm just excited. <laughs> well, what I love is you, I'm sure you saw the picture of the ring, and uh, yeah. I actually, I actually gave her the band at the same time because she's so paranoid, and I knew she'd be paranoid about losing the engagement ring, so she'd feel more comfortable a lot of times wearing the band. And the last day we get back from the cruise, and uh, my buddy's family came down to see us and to meet her for the first time. And his Aunt Paula, who's like 78 years old, uh, she goes, David, that's a beautiful ring. You did a really nice job. You should get a third band, though. I think another band would be nice. And I'm looking, going, doing the math in my head. I'm like, oh, well, I'm in this far. You know, what, what's, what's another couple? So, yeah, we had a, a great cruise. And uh, after being gone 10 days, we were still engaged. So uh, she did not well, give me the a- ring back at, at the end, yeah. So That's you're going to meet her, yes, you're going to meet her in January when we're Thunder by the Bay that weekend. Good. I'm so excited. That's awesome. No, you don't so know how I, happy I was when I saw that. I'm very happy for you. Well, what's funny is we took, we left at 5, four, we left the house at 4.40 in the morning a.m. to get there, mm-hmm. and I planned it to be on the dock at Cocoa Beach for sunset, mm-hmm. and everything was running late, and we missed sunset, but it was still light out. So she was looking at me all day like, you know, why is he so agitated? Why is he so grumpy? And it's uh, <laughs> like a mile walk from the hotel down to the pier, and I'm almost sprinting, and she's like, why? what's the rush? Why we got to be there? So, <laughs> Aw, that's too cute. Well, but I'm yeah, excited gotta, for you guys. I can't wait to meet her. I got to keep her. But, uh, yeah, now I definitely got to keep her. Uh, oh, here's the mistake I made. Since Doug Magoon invited us to this fancy party last night, I brought some of my famous moonshine to the party. I've already heard about the mistake you made, okay? 
<laughs> the first mistake that was last night. The, se- the second mistake was giving him three jars about an hour and a half ago. So no, I've already he could heard about that too. Don't worry. <laughs> so he could be our first admittedly drunk guest by the time he's done. <laughs> he told me. Um, he told me that he's already he's already into it pretty deep. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. I I said um, yesterday I said that I'm gonna have to implement the first um, button on this episode. I think. But I'm not prepared, so I might have to do it with my voice. I don't know. Well, he's become our number one fan. He said he was in China listening to the show because he's hooked. Uh, But he also was the only guy that said, can we have no call-ins? And I know a bunch of guys sitting downstairs at the uh, Harley Cafe would really like to be uh, calling in and and quizzing him. (laughs) Quizzing him? Yeah, you know, asking questions, see if they can – Trip him off. Uh, <laughs> did did we ever post the video that of him and Sturgis when I uh, wrote American on his Bagger magazine shirt? Did we ever post that? No. No, I don't I have told that. You about that. Did I tell you about that story though? I don't think so. So our painter and spearfish that we use for a lot of projects, he's having a party, and he knows a lot of the guys. Uh, I think Doug was staying at his house, and the ballistic guys were there. So we went over there to kind of show some respect, and they're doing monster burnouts. I think we patients showed up, and we did the, like, video of the four guys doing burnouts. I think we, we linked to that. But I'd been there for a couple hours, and all of a sudden I look, and he must have taken off his sweatshirt or something. And he's got a long sleeve shirt on, and I go, that says Baggers Magazine. So I kind of <laughs> huddled with all, all my guys, and I said, okay, I'm going to go over there, and I'm going to say, hey, Doug, we can do it this one of two ways. You can let me put American and cross out the S or two, I'm going to have these four guys pin you down. I'm going to do it anyway. So we have one video and he looks at the camera and he goes, I want to do both. Cause by this time he had been in the sauce a little bit. So we have video of me writing American on his baggers magazine shirt. And I won't tell you, we, we edited out the part where we lift up the shirt and I write something on his chest. We thought that was crossing the line. But the next day, everybody's like, man, is he going to be pissed and never talk to us? He not only never, he, he, he didn't get mad, he friend requested everybody and posted the video himself. Well, I want to see so it. I, I've not seen it. I will make sure. Steve Kofsky actually, I think he was the one that shot at Steve Decay. So we'll we'll link it to our page to to show you what a good sport he is, but he went over to negotiate a big deal in China recently, and before he left, he goes, hey, can I get from my PowerPoint some of the bikes that have been on the cover of your magazines? So he sends me a list, literally, of like 36 covers in the last three years that he's been on between the two, and he's like, yeah, and I need that today. And we were shipping a magazine, and I'm like, well, you know, there's no a problem. holiday Monday, and but we got it for him, and it turned out good. But you don't realize that how many of the, the custom guys are using him, especially for 30s and a lot of uh-huh. 26s, that Mad Wheels is everywhere. And we've had guys on our show, his name pops up continually. So many times, I know. I know that's what I was going to say, is that's how, to our listeners at least, you know, 
a lot of our listeners aren't builders. They aren't in shops every day. So the only way that they know what other people are using is by seeing guys out at the shows or looking at the magazines, you know. So um, for them, hearing on the show how many times we mention it and how many times the other builders mention Mad Wheels, um, I think to them it's really putting things into perspective for them that this is the top wheel. I mean, between Mad and Glendine, that's pretty much who we call out all the time, you know? Well, and, and Doug and I, in a moment of sobriety at Sturgis, we kind of had this talk of that Mad is not getting, and that's the 18-inch replacement and the 21-inch guy. And you know how, mm-hmm. how I always like to uh, steal somebody's thunder. I've done it with Len and with some other guys. I think that's one of the things he's going to talk about is that he's got that program coming. And I saw some samples yesterday and I think he's onto something big and I think he's going to go after the performance machine, the renegade and the RC components crowd with trying to have that. As I say, any business is a pyramid and at the top of the pyramid is the 32 and then obviously the 30 and the 26 we've seen is getting bigger and bigger near the base of the pyramid. But there's a lot of guys that don't want to stray from that 16 or 18 inch front wheel. And there's a lot of guys oh, yeah. that when they do stray, all they want is a 21. So there's a big market that I think he can attack. And uh, I think he's going to be excited to talk to us about that. I just stole his thunder. So now he's just going to say, hi, love the moonshine. See you guys. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and bring him on and see what he has to say. Cause I want to hear, I'm excited for everybody to be able to hear Doug's background and learn a little bit more about, him and the company and how it started and where it's going. So uh, let's go ahead and bring Doug on. Are you with us, Doug? Yes, I am. Well, how hey there. Doing? Can you hear me okay? <laughs> good. How are you? Oh, I can hear good. you just fine. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. I'm good. I'm in the, in the corner of, a, of a, a walk-in closet that's probably bigger than my whole bedroom at home, probably bigger than my whole living room at home in this uh, ridiculous suite that uh, CT Sounds has here for the whole week they're having parties with different feature uh you know i don't know if you call it sponsors but you know associates in different industries just kind of you know bridge gaps and uh kind of introduce their products to different markets so they went all out and uh i gotta give them a big shout out right out the gate for that because uh this is incredible uh that's pretty cool thank dave for jar after jar of Delicious moonshine. Dave? I, have, I have a serious question, Doug. Uh, I don't usually get this serious right off the bat, but what okay. flavor are you, you drinking right now? Oh, I was going to ask that. Uh, I'm drinking. I'm drinking the last of the mango. I figured now, did I'd you knock that out pretty the quick. Mango yet. I did share that. I did share it. Okay, because he, he brought a lovely up. lady. She's when, out. When we were making... you're, you're, you just finished, huh? You're done. She's done. I felt like but we were I'm, making I'm a, second. a... Didn't that feel yeah, like a drug mistake. deal we were making in the parking lot? Yeah, oh, one? yeah, for sure. You know what? I didn't even think about it like that. We <laughs> walked... I, I told the cab driver to wait. I walked inside the cafe, Harley <laughs> Davidson Cafe. I didn't realize everybody was going to be there. If I knew that, I probably wouldn't have... I would have done it a little different. Spent a few minutes there hanging out. But, uh, yeah, we walked right back out, went into the parking garage, pulled a friggin' you know, brown paper bag out of the back of a Cadillac and, uh, you know, shook hands and took off. I mean, it was super, like, uh, conspicuous, definitely. <laughs> Sounds real sketchy. Is there no big deal, just some moonshine. I, 
What's that? Well, he so he brought a pretty is girl, there? and I'm like, you know, I said the mango you have to share, so I'm glad you are sharing, Doug. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you, but the rest you of the rest of them are in the closet with you. Yeah, well, the closet, like I said, I mean, this is living room size. There's actually several people here. It's huge. It's like a whole another room. I mean, nobody's house should have this a closet is, this big. Honestly, this is probably one of the things I love about this show most because, Dave, you're in a corner at Harley Davidson Cafe in Vegas. Doug, you're in a closet, and I'm in my suite sitting in my bed right now in Galveston, Texas. <laughs> I, I guarantee you this closet is just killing everybody else right now because this is, you know... <laughs> I have I have closet envy. I like I like a good closet. This is fucked up right here. It's really hey, hey, really hey, intense. You, yeah. Doug, do you think it's time to come out of the closet? No 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 not not on this show not you not like right here not closet. right now that's not happening. Yeah, I like it hey. in the closet right here where I'm at. This is this is friggin' great. Well, you know, I it's told like, Courtney it's like aisles of cabinets and and uh, you know clothes rods or whatever. I mean it's just it's friggin' amazing and doors with dividers and speakers and dimming lights and vanities and mirrors. Okay, Doug, it's just a, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. When we is get that what the show's about? The show, is, uh, I need you. Is closet? It's Closet Makeover, yes. When we get finished with the show, I'm going to need you to do an MTV Cribs-style video of your closet. Oh, totally. I'll do it. I will. I'll okay. do the MTV okay. Cribs Moonshine Edition. Uh Perfect. and falling right. over everything. And I'll post it on. You know what? i got to go back to that, Dave. And, uh, you know, 50% of me is just is, is embarrassed, you know. And then the other 50% of me is so proud because I really haven't seen too many people that fucked up and articulate at the same time. I don't remember any of it. I was totally blackout. And, I mean, I'm referring to this Sturgis that we were speaking of earlier. Uh, I don't, I'm proud of, you know, getting that drunk. You know, I don't do that that often. I mean... Dave's a hell of an instigator. I'll give him that. But, I mean, geez, it, you know, I don't really – I mean, if I have, a drink, I have two drinks or something, you know, at home, I don't really, you know, I get hammered like that. And uh, I think what was this guy's name, Ian or something like that? He's, like, the biggest guy in the place. You remember, Dave? And you, you, you kept and you I, kept And I was like, like nobody him. could drink with me. Nobody can ever keep up. Who's drinking shots? And we friggin' – we dusted, like, a half a handle of Fireball in, like, 20 minutes. And it was just <laughs> – I mean, I don't really know what I was thinking, but, yeah, I mean, I look back at that video, and, yeah, yeah, Courtney, you got to see it. It's just, it's classic. I mean, it's so good yeah. that, um, uh, you know, you just, if under any other situation, or had it worked out any differently, you'd be just mortified. But, you know, it really went down, like, you know, 90% just, just classic. Anyway, I'm going to have that shirt. I woke up in the morning at Cody's house, they had to tell me that they were bringing girls back to his house to get me out of there. And they were, they were moving the party. I didn't want to go, apparently. I was just totally just gone. Anyways, I woke up in the morning. I felt a complete death. And I looked at my shirt. I'm like, what the hell happened? And I pulled his shirt off, and I go, this is, this is cool, dude. I've seen all my friends' signatures, Dave's signature. And uh, it wasn't until later that evening that I actually seen the video. I think I saw it for the first time on Facebook. And yeah, I mean, I just immediately was like, dude, if if that was me, that guy is fucking awesome right there. And I, you know, so I'm not too too ashamed of it, but you know, yeah, that was one for the history books for sure. I hope that doesn't happen well, tonight. I want to see it. <laughs> I told 
I told Dave that we we're going to do a, a trial, but you know that's the problem. He gave me the moonshine for an hour and a half ago. So I told him that I was going to start at the beginning of the show with a nice full cup, and then I was going to finish and see how, you know, that way you can see, like, you know, the quality of this delicious shine <laughs> and its results in the in the, in the the course of an episode. But unfortunately, All I'm right. like 30% the way into it already. So good stuff. So, so last night so, we're in the suite, Courtney. Hold on. We're in the suite uh-huh. last night, and there's a lot of these high-powered – uh, Asian businessmen there, and Doug's wearing like the pimped out black suit, looked really good. And I'm listening to him on the balcony, kind of eavesdropping, and he's talking about the market. And he's like dead on. He's like professional. Everything is polite. He's great. And an hour later, we're drinking the moonshine, and it just went downhill from there. And the so. jar's over and everything else. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's cool because uh, I do like to pride myself on having kind of like a like a switch if you will i can go from this you know environment to this to this to whatever i really need to be doing at the time but yeah i think that moonshine is uh that kind of that kind of blurs that line there a little bit you stop you start uh, i think you have a second career option <laughs> if things ever go south with the magazines because oh, i'm pretty sure it. that people know you almost as well as they do for the magazines <laughs> as they do for the moonshine well, the problem is I can't charge my friends, so I'm, I'm in, in debt because I make it. I've sent it to you guys. I send it all over the country, but I can't. I feel bad charging my friends. So you know what? But I, I have can think of one of your friends who would fully support that business. I'll uh, give you one guess. Yeah, there's absolutely what, what's that? Go ahead. Keep going. Well, you know who? One who of, one of my biggest Len from Ass Kicker. He's one of my biggest supporters. Yeah. He he can't get enough of it. I'd pay for every jar I that I drink. Say, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I. I don't think anybody in this, that that you're giving jars to. I think everybody that would give you that you give a jar to would <laughs> would support it if it was available. You know, to purchase. I'll put it that way. For lunch, my like, my pick for your number one supporter yeah. was going to be an individual who happened to go on a cruise with us, whose wife unfortunately <laughs> fell over the side of the cruise ship. <laughs> no way! That's so awesome. <laughs> that would be J.R. Von Worm. Yes. Yeah, I want to add that to my list of things I need to do. I need to friggin' fall off the edge of a cruise ship. That's awesome. No, that's a whole story in itself. But okay, so Courtney, Courtney, real quick before I forget, Jar wants to know if he can stay at the house that Friday of uh, Thunder by the Bay when I'm staying at the house. Are you guys all staying at my house? I thought you invited me. Wow, this is why we fight because. But Jer- No, you guys are all welcome to stay at my house, of course. Okay. I'm just making sure. I, you, you, know, know, I thought, well, I would- you know that we have a pig now, though, right? So you don't have a problem with sleeping with a pig, right? You know what? I, I will- You're new. He's going to want to sleep with you. I will say that in my life I've slept with a lot of pigs. Okay, so we're good. All right. <laughs> all right. Oh, so- God. Doug, yes. I want to I want to get, give you a chance to tell everybody about your background, where you started, um, and what led you to where you are now. So, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got started in your career? I can do. The, I'll try to do the quick rundown. I'll see if I can. Because okay. I'm really long winded, you know. So I'll try to blast through this and then kind of get we up know. to current events. I suppose. Okay. Oh my god. 
Okay. So <laughs> years and years ago, uh, 2003, I guess, 2004, I worked at a wheel shop in Pomona, came up with the concept to do a clear wheel, see-through wheel. Put a patent on it, did a bunch of prototyping on it, eventually uh, approached Forgiato, third choice on my list, um, you know, of wheel companies to go to. MHT was the, uh, well, Lexani was the first one, MHT was the second one, and Forgiato the third. Uh, it was just like I went to him a month before SEMA, actually, this exact show. This was uh, in 2006, uh, once I finally had, like, a dialed-in product. And, uh, you know, they seen the potential as a marketing aspect not necessarily selling them but the marketing the, the just the the sheer exposure that it would generate you know right. pandemonium which it did you know we uh, we unveiled it at SEMA and it just it went crazy I and mean, no product had ever created a stir like that at SEMA I mean I was on the cover of their paper the president came and talked to me it was like a film crew the whole time at the booth and it was like the thing people were talking about um and you know, the problem with doing that with a product that you just don't have ready for market is, uh, well, I mean, you can imagine, you know, you're just, you're bum- but we didn't even have an official press release ready. And we had, like, the news of the show. So, I mean, that was a, a learning experience. But I remember uh, AC, one of the owners, uh, saying, you know, to his brother, he said, you, you can't buy a publicity like this. There's just no way. So, mm-hmm. anyway, it didn't really end up working out with those guys because uh, there wasn't as much. I, I, in my mind, I, I thought wheel companies were these great big, you know, uh, emerald towers with engineers and scientists and, and, you know, human resources department. I didn't really know how the, the industry worked, you know, because I'm, I'm working at a rim shop. And uh, I come to find out, you know, they're like, well, how do you make it work? How do you build it? How do we do it? What are we going to do? You know, and, and it was like, oh, you're not going to help at all with this or, you know, we're not going <laughs> to figure this out together. Okay, I get it. You know, my prototype is where we're at, and that's the end of that. Um, so it really rapidly fell off of their interest plate, I guess, and they were really enjoying the newfound attention that the company and the website and everything was getting. And this was like before, kind of before Facebook. It was before I had one. I mean, it was before really social media had kind of kicked in as a mainstream thing. And I look mm-hmm. back and go, Jesus, if I capitalized on that, if that sort of event happened today, I'd have freaking million followers. I mean, it was out of control. So, uh, Anyways, uh, I, I left from there and I brought it to MHT. And MHT had a wheel company. And I don't know how far back. I know some of our some of your guys' listeners go way back. And I don't know, you know, motorcycle industry-wise, we're talking about eight years ago. And this was when motorcycle wheels were, this was chopper wheels. And the occasional bagger, and it was a 21, if that. And we were doing mainly 3D wheels. And MHT's company was called... At the beginning, it was, um, what was it called? It was Metal Monsters. And then they changed it to MHT Motorsport. And then they changed it to Metal Motorsport. And then I came in and we changed it to Metal Sport. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, they had, you know, I'd kind of just landed there. The owner, he said, hey, what do you know about Harleys? I says, I know everything about Harleys. I didn't know any, I hadn't even, never even, I didn't, I had no idea. I just, you know, said that. And he says, okay, I'm going to have you run the motorcycle division, and we're going to work on this clear wheel. I need some 30s ready uh, and a motorcycle ready uh, for uh, Biketoberfest. Or no, 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 sorry, Myrtle. Was it Myrtle? Yeah, it was Myrtle. Was it Myrtle? Yeah, Myrtle. 
<laughs> anyway, no, it was fucking Daytona. I drove across country to Daytona in March because it was on my birthday. And I rented an RV. I expensed the whole thing. I, at that time, I had a credit card that could handle that. And I loaded up these bikes, one of them being a bagger and one of them being Eddie Trotta's Discovery Channel build that we had put clear wheels on. And I drove out to Daytona and set up on Main Street. And uh, that was like my introduction to the community. I mean, plain and simple, that was it. We had a toy box RV we set up with an awning and a wheel display and a couple of bikes. And we were right by like bling cycles and big bear choppers. And, you know, it was just, uh, that. it was so much fun. I was just hooked at that point. I, I was like, this is mm-hmm. awesome. And not only that, but this industry could could handle a product like this clear wheel. And at that time, I was really obsessed with making that dream come to reality. Uh, and that clear wheel was just something that, you know, in the automotive industry, it just really didn't have a fit. A lot of people wanted them. A lot of people, there was just so much hype over it. But at the end of the day, it's just a completely impractical and ridiculous thing to have. Um, almost the same could be said for motorcycle application, but... I mean, it just gets you so much attention. I mean, you almost can't put a price on it. It's, it's kind of crazy. So, Doug, take a second real quick. For I'm sure that 90% of our listeners have seen the clear wheels. They know what you're talking about. I remember the first time that I saw one years ago in Laconia. Um, but for that 10% that maybe don't know what you're talking about or don't understand exactly, you know, what they're made of or whatever, tell people exactly what you're talking about and what are they made of. Okay, the clear wheel is uh, it's a polycarbonate composite. I work with GE to make a special material with a higher tensile strength. And then through trials and tribulations, discovered a company that does a chemical hard coat on it so that the stuff, you know, you could clean it with steel wool. It's extremely uh, durable on the surface. And uh, polycarbonate, you know, in general is just, insanely strong. I mean, you could probably tie the wheel in a knot before it breaks. Um, it's really hard to work with. Uh, I really hate making them. I tend to not make them anymore. Uh, maybe one a year, if that. And it's got to be someone that just I end up having a conversation with, you know, and I, and I get it. And the guy gets it, and, and they know what it's about. And, I mean, you, you know, one guy I could mention that would be a great guy to ask is uh, David Craybill, uh, one-time customs. Um, mm-hmm. He got a wheel through Camtech a couple years back, and for the most part, I think, you know, especially right when the bike came out, you could ask anybody in the customs scene, what do you think of that blue bike? And everybody knew exactly what you're talking about, you know. And that mm-hmm. to, to be able to generalize to the point where that blue bike and it was just some, he said it, he it, what, he could have paid twice as much and it did more for his company than than anything, you know. And uh, so it's like one of those things where the clear wheel has been a product that I don't really I don't know. It's like a curse and a it's it's I don't know. It's it's cool. <laughs> I, I, I just. I almost say I, I sometimes I just hate it so much, but I, I realize what it's done. I mean, it really is a catalyst for yeah. so many of the things that are happening now, and 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 the the end result's crazy. And if you and and for those people, I probably didn't do a very good job of explaining it. It's a it's a multi-piece wheel you can see right through, and it just looks like you're floating. So I mean, for for those who haven't seen it before, just Google clear wheels. I mean, uh, you just sit there and wonder if it's really real what you're looking at, and. Uh, so anyhow, that's that was kind of 
what I was really pushing on. And the fact that I went to Daytona for my first show and set up a booth for my first time, and I had a friggin' Eddie Trotta, Discovery Channel chopper sitting there on clear wheels, was like, you know, everybody wanted to say what's up or see what this is or, you know, get a piece of it. I mean, that was, yeah. before, that was the original first set ever made, you know. And, uh, it was just like I was hooked. And from that point on, uh, I worked with MHT. We both dumped a ton of money into it. I was working for practically nothing. And at the same time, I was putting my own credit out, you know, trying to get these things through testing in the automotive uh, line. And they really felt that there was a market for the big 24, 26, uh, 30-inch, uh, you know, automotive application. And once we started looking at it, and we had as much money as we did, we, you know, this is how many wheels we'd have to sell without one problem to break even at this point. And we said, nope. And well, he said, no. The mm-hmm. owner said, nope, screw that. I'm dumb out. I'm out on that. And also, you know, we've got X amount of CNC machines. Those could be cutting two-piece centers, which were really starting to go, uh, you know, more volume for MHT. Uh, we don't need to run our machines on these 3D wheels that are taking 30 hours and have, you know, recut issues and problems and programming. It's just, it's just a nightmare. So I'm going to shut that down, too. And my heart just sank. And I'm like, oh, you know, and I've already done a few shows and a SEMA with them. And, you know, I felt like I was home with them. And I almost took a job as a salesman for them, just selling their wheels. And uh, he says, unless you know anybody that wants to buy it. And I said, well, I I would be very interested. And so I uh, I remember he had his GM take off from the room, and he sat down with me, and I, you know, the guy's kind of intimidating, uh, the owner of MHT. He's a great guy. I look mm-hmm. up to him big time. But he's like a big, you know, Clark Kent kind of, you know, you, you just feel, you know, you better come correctly when you talk to him. Anyhow, right. he goes, well, how much do you think you have there in the back? Oh, I don't know, about 400 grand worth of forgings and finished product and, you know, photos and catalog and I mean, it's probably much more than that, you know, and he goes, okay, um, what do you want to give me for it? And I, this is the first time I ever tried to do a negotiation where I guess I'm, I'm terrible at that. I'm like a salesman, but salesmen are like the worst people at, at they're like laydowns. They get sold anything. So, uh, you know, I, this is my first time kind of trying to negotiate, and here I am negotiating on dollars that I just I came around my mind around. I don't have that kind of money. I'm just full of shit at this point. And I said, well, I got a hundred grand on it. You know, I'll do I'll do a hundred thousand, and I'll clear all the shit out of here, and you don't have to worry about it anymore. And he said, sold. And wow. he did that for me as a as a gift. I mean, he because Art really liked me. He liked the fact that I I give ideas. I, I would. I was always enthusiastic, and I, you know, I'd bust my ass late. And I'd be, a, I'd be a stressed out nightmare, and you know, it's those are, are things that you know, a typical employee or someone they usually don't do because they get to shut off at a certain point of the day and go home and go about their business or whatever. But that wasn't me while I was there. You know, I was vested into it. So he really seen something, and I think he did that for me uh, to see me achieve something. So I needed That's to cool. find a hundred grand. <laughs> um, so at the time, Matt Hotch uh, was uh, a really good friend of mine, and I would talk to him whenever I was stressed out or trying to figure out what to do next. And he says, "Let me introduce you to the guys that make my kickstand. They got a machine shop. They've had some experience making wheels. Um, 
you know, they can uh, they can probably accommodate you. And, you know, I, I don't know how much I want to kind of dive into this, but uh, it was actually a potentially amazing fit. Um, it's really everything you need to kind of put a really cool company alongside of a company that's already functioned. And so it was a it was a large scale machine shop and lathe shop that made you know oil rig parts and concrete pumping parts and you know they had big CNC machines and it was you know it was a good match. They made small stuff, big stuff, and uh, and really it was cool. They had an extra room and an extra you know garage roll up in the back corner that no, no one was using. And I mean it just it converted over to a motorcycle wheel shop, you know, in a blink of an eye. And uh, that was, you know, was the deal. And I'll bring, you know, all this inventory, all this, all this, the photography, the programs, the relationship with Shifus amongst all these other builders uh, to the table. And you'll bring, you know, the hundred grand. And in return for my half the company or 49% as it were, um, I'm going to pay that for out of the first, you know, 49 grand worth of hard inventory that's finished, boxed up stuff that we sell. And there was a bunch of stuff on order already. So, I mean, within a month, it was, you know, we were we were just trucking along. Um, but that market was just on the verge of disappearing, and that's what we didn't know. Um, and it was, you know, it's the chopper market. And I know, I know most of everyone here kind of knows the time when choppers basically vanished, and they just right. became covered in a garage and had a tarp over them or a cover over them or they were being sold as quick as possible so that someone could go in and buy a fresh new street glide. You know, I just, it, it's like an, a, a, almost like a, a date in time when that happened. It is so, you know, 2007, 2008, it was it. It was, it was just, it mm-hmm. stopped. Um, and so we kind of started to need to be more prepared for that. And I seen some really neat opportunities in the bagger market. And I got to give it to some of my old school customers that they're like, these are guys I was going to mention anyway, Mike uh, and Tim McNamer at Ballistic. These guys were doing crazy chopper shit way back, you know, before anybody was thinking about doing anything to a bagger like this. Um, Who else am I thinking of right now uh, that was one of those type of guys? Oh jeez! I mean, all the old school guys are doing baggers now, right? I mean, from Pirelis to Chara to you know everybody, right? I mean, that's just uh, that's just the way it is now. Uh, Cameron Juro, I mean, these uh, it kind of just started to take off in a in a wave, and so we started to uh, work on getting some big wheels going on baggers. I think the guys in Arizona start doing it first and just cramming twenty threes on the first on the front of these uh, street glides and doing bright, you know, paint and stuff. And then before you know it, the bags started to get stretched and then even Harley followed suit recently, right? You know, they started CBOs, they're bringing them down a little bit. And they start, people just like the traditional classic look and exaggerating that in every way just kind of, it really appeals to people that want an exaggerated type of experience when it comes to riding a motorcycle. So, um, you know, it was always bigger is better, you know. The, the the American concept, you know, just make it bigger, make it louder, make it make it better, and so since after Cincy, uh, you know, eventually we sat down with V Rubber and uh, came up with a concept to do 
I gave them two ideas. I said, here's one to make money. Here's one to get attention. I said, you know, let's first off, give me a 30-inch tire. That'll be great. We'll just drive everybody nuts with that. Second of all, let's do white walls for touring bikes. 21s, 18s, nobody makes them. They only make these little skinny mm-hmm. 90s. It's ridiculous. Make them. Just do it. They're going to sell, you know. Um, and so they were like, oh, okay, let's, you know. They, they fully were in. They were all in. They were excited. Okay. And I told them that I had plans for the 26. And I was working with Yaffe. And I know, I don't know if Doug Eggleston's listening, but I think it was the tie, although Yaffe got the credit. And we had it out at Arizona Bike Week. He did a rust primer-looking color. What was it, Street Line? I think it was Street Line. You know, and this was the beginning, right? It's just, like, super raked out. And it had a 26-inch 3D, you know, it was a metal sport deal. But, you know, a first 26-inch bagger on a, or a first 26-inch bagger, period. It was, it was just, everybody kind of went crazy. And it was another cover bike, you know, that was just, you know, no way. And the 24 came and died, you know, and that was like really, you know, that went that went real fast. And so it was all about the 26 all of a sudden. And hey, Doug, so the 30 just about a year away. What's that? Doug, who actually made a 24-inch wheel? I know the uh, Metzler made a 24-inch. Well, they made a tire, but who made the actual wheel for that tire? Oh, we made, we made pretty much all of them out of billet. I mean, nobody really did a 24-inch forging. You know, we just... Those were 3D wheels, and we just cut them out of billet, and, you know, we turned them on a lathe and, and milled nitruses and, and a couple others. I did a, a cutlass for Jim Nazzy uh, that, like, came out maybe eight or nine months ago, a year ago. It was on an all-steel bike, really cool bike, 24-inch steel, and, and, you know, it's like, fuck, that tire probably ain't even good anymore. You know, <laughs> I haven't made it in so long. But, uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, I actually think that that, that, just now would be maybe a better time to to reintroduce that, you know, now that, you know, but that's just can't hold it 26, so I don't think there's any issue there. I think I think people are really happy with the sizes that are out right now, uh, with the yeah. exception of the 32. I'm not really on board with that, but everything else, I think, uh, you know, 30 is a great extreme to have. You have to have an extreme in order for something to seem rational, right? Like the 26, you see a bike nowadays, it looks fucking appropriate right yeah i mean it looks like it should come that way and harley dealers that's now, now what percentage you, what that, percentage doug of your business is 26 versus 30 well that's a good one i guess well nowadays i'd almost say half and half for a while there okay. was way more 30s you know, for a while it was actually, it was way more 30-inch. I mean, it was just, people wouldn't even drink that kind of money because you, you got to do the neck, you got to do the trees, you got to do the whole paint set, you got to do air ride, you got to do a whole bike, no matter what, if you're putting 26 or it. And now that, I don't know, I, I've seen enough trees, 26 is kind of, you know, momentum again and uh especially with the tires you know you got shinko love i'm a big advocate of that tire and used a lot of 26 inch tires and so far shinko i like that a lot good feedback yeah. from all my customers on it uh metzler i haven't really got a lot of feedback heard a couple you know 
a couple things, you know, negative. But, you know, any time you have a brand-new tire come out, there's going to be, you know, not a lot of people are going to talk about the good stuff. They'll always talk about the one bad thing, you know. So, uh, but I think the Metzler has given people a lot of reassurance that, you know, this is a, this is something with staying power. This isn't going anywhere. This is something that's being backed by, you know, a brand that I trust, Um <laughs> which it's it's too bad to say. There's not a whole lot of those in the in the, in the custom motorcycle you know uh, industry you know, and it's not hard to just yeah. make a wheel with a V rubber tire out there. Um, but now that Metzler's jumped on board, I think a lot of people are more into it, and uh, you know, there's just so many parts available. Uh, and distributors making it real easy to get those parts. So I see the 26 having some staying power. I also see uh, some new trends coming, definitely big time. What do you think um, is the most popular model of wheel that you have out right now? Because I know in my mind what I feel like it is, but what it, what are you selling the most of? We it, it was the most popular and now is not because it became the most popular is the Inflictor. Uh, that wheel That's sold what the I was most. Thinking. Yeah, it came out. It it, it 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 everybody wanted it. Everybody bought it. Not everybody. I mean, it's a generalized thing. It just definitely sold more than all of the other wheels and i look at all the bikes and they all look friggin incredible and it's hard to not post a picture of a bike with an inflictor on it like every day i have so many cool shots mm-hmm. of that uh that wheel on cool bikes um and for that reason people are going okay well what else is there that's not the inflictor let me look through your site and you know <laughs> and they're still on board with doing one of one of our wheels but they just not the inflictor, you know, because that's right. I have three friends with that, or I saw it, you know, two people at the last show or whatever. So definitely yeah. that, and uh, and that could actually tie into what we're doing here now with uh, CT Sounds, who and their company is just their their approach at marketing is is second to none. And I just anytime someone's this involved with the community, they want to uh, attack. You know, they just they're they're just with open arms. They say, okay. Guys are spending money on their systems on their bikes. We want to get involved. We'll give. We'll do the products. We'll make the parts that everyone wants. We'll give the dealers the margins they need. We'll give the retail customers the prices they want. They're just. They're really being aggressive um, in that sense and just giving people exactly what they want and kind of giving another option out there. Um, but they, you know, they pushed me. They said, "Hey, do some custom speaker grills. Nobody's doing that." Uh, but yeah. Why not? So I did, uh, you know, full 3D inflictor speaker grills for six and a half. And uh, Um, I didn't really show anybody. We just posted a video on my Facebook today of they do really cool videos. That's another thing I like about them. Every single, it doesn't matter if they go to fuck the Carl's Jr. They got a videographer there and an editor comes back and they show them ordering a number four and eating it and it looks great. (laughs) I mean, they're just. They're all over the video and the content. Their YouTube channel is incredible. Um, you know, they do standard installs um, to show coverage, and they make it look like a full-blown production every time. Really, really cool. Um, there's a 45-second cool. little tidbit on us machining these speaker grills on my Facebook right now. Um, and, I mean, they're just out of control, but one of the first guys I showed it to, uh, he's got a bike build going right now. He says, well, hey, I need, uh, I need eight pairs. I said, I have 16 of these things. I said, you know, I'm only, I only have Inflictor right now. It's the only one we program. He's like, no, no, it's for my bike. I said, you need fucking 16 speaker girls for your bike. 
He said, well, yeah, I have 22 speakers, but I got 16 of them are visible or six and a half. <laughs> I said, you've got to be kidding me. So I, I got I to gotta figure this out now. You know, how am I going to go about producing these things? Because it's like making a wheel. I mean, it's just, yeah. you see, it, Dave saw it last night. I mean, it's just kind of over, yeah, I overkill got, speaker grill. I, I got to, to pick one up and touch it and look at it and, and play with it. They're very cool. I think he's got uh, a home run there. I think I need to. I want like, to. I gotta check out the video and make like a thousand of them or something. <laughs> I always say. No, I mean the way we we're doing it the, the hard way. Hey, we I, always I say that the inflictor looks like a piece of jewelry. Like it looks like it needs to be on a necklace. I would wear it. It's beautiful. That's what Danielle I, I, said at the shop. She's like, I want it in the necklace. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Courtney, I got a couple questions. I got a couple questions for Doug. We got off the wheels a little too quick. Uh, I asked you size, and you said twenty six, thirty, fifty, fifty. What are you seeing now between chrome and black, or black in contrast to that? Oh, uh, you know what? I think what, what me is different because I never offered a contrast cut. I just, I just friggin' hate it. Um, they just don't look finished to me. Only a few companies do it right, um, and I look at the amount of effort and work that they have to put in it to do it and the owners themselves and I, I won't you know pinpoint anybody in particular but you know they friggin' hate it they're like i just wish i wouldn't have to do this and that's when the guys do the anodize the recut the polishing on the recut and masking and making sure they don't fuck up the anodizing i mean it's just it's so much post machine you know time and energy uh, with so much downside risk, of like, oh, okay, great, I have to strip it and re-anodate and recut it. And it's just a nightmare. I mean, oh, my little chrome, and now start a new wheel, and the customer's wondering where his wheel is. And, you know, it, uh, contrast cut, I've always just, just steered away from it. You know, just don't don't open that can of worms. I don't really, I'm not really a big fan of just the raw machine recut look. Um, however, I am doing a couple of wheels like that, and, and I think if you do it right, you can kind of get away with some stuff and it's not to take away from any designs i think they some of them look really crazy they get out onto the lip with the recuts and they look real big i think that's still popular a lot of people ask for it but for my stuff it's chrome everybody just wants chrome um yeah, well, the, you know well, yeah well, that, leads me that leads me into when i gave the introduction to you of why you were overseas and what we got to see last night we talked about 26 we talked about 30 now tell us what why you're really here at SEMA and what you get going. Well, SEMA is, and I'll be, I mean, I'll be real transparent because I'm, I'm real confident now. And uh, everything is so far has been going real well and according to plan. Um, and uh, we, we can touch in on this a little bit more, um, the China trip I just got back from. But, you know, SEMA, some of the guys that I saw out there are obviously here. And this constitutes our second meeting basically and there's just kind of a traditional way of doing business and you don't really do anything official until your third meeting and you know the and and this meeting is coming up in about three weeks but we're we're we're, everybody's a hundred percent on board and i think it was because i went out there with so much enthusiasm and such a, a solid business plan like every i mean it's the first time i've done that and then you know and so it's a stretch for me because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing half the time, you know, or, or any of the time. I'm just kind of, you know, winging it here uh, because I like, you know, I just kind of painted myself into a corner and this, and I ended up, you know, just enjoying what I do. And so this is, you know, I'm giving it my best here. 
But I know what I've, you know, I kind of learned just from that and doing it long enough, I just say, okay, well, this is where my problems have always been. So let me get a plan. And I made this really, like, you know, eye-popping and presentable presentation, and I had a translator and everything. And I and I came up with the concept um, to do something for the other 98%, as I would call it. You know, we we got... The guys that are doing 26, 30s, dumping, you know, 20, 30, 40, 80 grand in their bikes, you know, big dollar bikes. You got them out of Sturgis, Baddest Bagger, I don't know, there's 50-something bikes in there, half of them with mad wheels. I'm not exaggerating. I posted pictures of it. It was like something like 26 out of 52 bikes. Um, and that's great. But then where? what can I do from there Because before people start going, I'm so fucking sick of it. You know, I don't want the, the last thing I want is another one of those wheels. You know, I just need 20 more new designs before I even think about it. So, I think that that's like constitutes probably two percent, right? To be, I think that's being generous, right? Of the of the guys that ride a Harley motorcycle, but you think two percent? I think is being generous. What do you think? Well, I think it's an aftermarket that we're lucky to get in any one category, like exhaust and seats or air cleaners that you might get a 10 or 12% of ownership yeah. out there. And then I think with wheels, yeah, you go down. So when, I mean, when you're looking at this. bagger is like got to be less than 2% of the Harley Davidson worldwide community. You know, yeah. it, it has to be. And so I'm looking at this going, there's 98% of the market. And I, every year I go to Sturgis, I don't know why it's Sturgis. I think it's because it's just block after block you cut across. It's just all the bikes are lined up or just the whole, the streets are packed and they're just all, all I'm looking at is stock front wheels. I mean, you see one twenty one stick out like a sore thumb and the 30 inch guys are all in their own parking lot or doing some kind of show or something, you know, but this isn't the, the everyday, you know, and, and if somebody wants to just jump into the market and do it, and, you know, I wish them the best of luck. It's, it's, you know, I might even tell them, you know, to maybe think about that because it's freaking brutal. But I think what we've done over the years is kind of put our, our name out there to where, you know, we've got enough exposure. We've we've hit the magazines so many times, and, and we've got a lot of, of good supporters. And I'm going to list these guys off at some point or another because I got a list that I wrote down here, guys that, you know, I'm, I'm definitely changing a little bit about how I, I'm doing business and trying to, to sort out some issues we've had in the past and you know the guys that are getting wholesale if you want to call it wholesale these are i'm going to change that i'm not going to call, I'm not going to call it it's going to be the, the loyalty discount you know it's the guys that have been around since the beginning the guys that understand it's small business the guys that understand that you know shit happens and and as long as you communicate it's it's that's all that it takes you know um but, uh, you know, to veer off from the topic. But, yeah, anyway, um, so these guys out there overseas uh, were very impressed with what I brought to the table. And I think from looking at what Harley-Davidson has done since 2014 on, um, I think they've got, you know, just like the uh, automotive aftermarket or uh, OEM stuff is, you know, factory wheels on cars these days look pretty good. I know uh, maybe that's just me getting older, but I don't know if I'd change a whole lot of, a lot of shit on a new car these days. You know, I just don't think I'd really want to. I mean, it's it looks great. It works fine. What's the, what's the, the big deal, you know? Um, and, of course, I say that, and then you look at some of the vehicles that I 
that I have and do. And then, of course, you know, it's quite the total opposite. But, um, you know, but I, I still see that as a majority. And the guys that are just are never going to even contemplate going bigger than a 21. Dave, you know what I'm saying. I mean, these guys just, it's, it doesn't matter how cool that 26-inch bagger looks or, you know, even if they're up in Laughlin hammered and say, that that's the first one i ever seen that looks perfect. I'd ride the hell out of that. It, it, they're still not going to. You know, they're going to have a 21 Max. They're not going to cut the neck off their friggin' Harley that, that is the first major toy purchase they ever bought. They're just not going to do it. Um, well, and so, Courtney and I yeah. Courtney and I talk a lot about victories and Indians on the show. And we talk about the Victory Magnum for larger men with the 21 on the front. <laughs> and for an OE to have a 21, that's still like, wow, I can't believe it. It is. You know, it's a cool thing. I mean, so. uh and yeah, it's not a it's not a twenty one two point one five or something, right? I mean, because they're right. still doing that. <laughs> but yeah, and that and that brings me to another. I'm going to call him out right here on the show and say, Len, we're supposed to talk. We're supposed to communicate, Len. We've got some uh, there's some some concepts we need to get in on the ground floor here uh, on this Indian stuff. If he is very interested, as he seemed to be. Same goes for John. I've been trying to get John over here to the. Uh, to the sky loft for the last few days, but you know he said he's he's sick. He's got the handshake flu, which means that he shook too many hands at SEMA, and now feels like he wants to die because he's probably running some sort of low grade fever and is coming down <laughs> from a gnarly hangover of some sort. But I know firsthand because I did a SEMA with Chip Foose, and since I was right next in line, I had to shake everybody else's hand and. Oh fuck! I thought I was gonna die. I mean, it, they everybody mixed together is just—it's not a good—it's not a good mix. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna rein so, Doug in, Courtney. Courtney, let me rein okay. him in. So, Metal Sport is gonna—sorry, Metal Sport. Mad Wheels is gonna continue to be 26 and 30, but the expansion absolutely. is coming with, oh, with OE replacement sizes and 21s for those guys that. As oh, and we're, we're really aiming at 21 and 16 out of the gate. 21, 16, one piece, uh, friction ring, just a beautiful piece um, that will um, be, uh, to say, competitively priced would be an understatement. And uh, okay. style-wise, is something that the guys are just not going to be able to achieve with a forged wheel. Um Harley Davidson wheels, and it's not a forge wheel. You know, I mean, it's just uh, we're, we want to do more along the lines of how the OE manufacturer thinks. And once you start adding a little bit of, you know, concept and style and back it up with a bit of marketing, I think, I think we've really got a good uh, – I, I, I just know it. I mean, I know we've got a great plan here, and we're going to just do uh, – I hope to do some really great things with it, um, you know. Uh, there's the 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 mad wheels that everybody is familiar with now. That's not going to change. In fact, well, I mean, it might change as the trends kind of change. Like right now, um, I don't know if he wants me to put them on blast, but I've been working on this concept for so long. I don't really think I care. I'm just going to call it out. Tim at Ballistic and I have been talking about it forever. Same with me and Paul Yaffe. And he always said he's I'm in on the, from the beginning. Whenever you're ready, um, nobody would really do the tire, uh, but we want to do some wide. Uh, 23s, you know, like they're doing the 180 uh, conversions, mm-hmm. um, and that's becoming like, you know, just an alternative modified style. Um, I've been preaching this 23.5 and a quarter 
for a long time now. And uh, Tim's like, dude, just make me the fucking wheel. I, I'll take it. You know, we got to do something. And I'm like, you know what? There is a tire that's too wide for its own good, 23. And this was my original. was designed it to fit on a bagger without having to do trees and move your fender a shitload and everything else. And it was a, it's a 130... Is it 130 60? No, that's like the normal size. I think it's like a, I think it's a 140 50 23 or something like that. They came over the white wall. I, I worked with V rubber and I, I said what I want it to be is the same overall diameter as a 120 70 21. And I said, but that one don't do white wall first. Just do that in a black wall. Well, they made it and they made it a white wall first anyway. And now they do make it in a. I'm going to have to look that up. It's driving me nuts that I thought of the size and I can't remember it. But anyway, it's just, it, the tire came out too big. Like, you know, shoes run big or pants run big or small or whatever. The tire is just, like, way wider than it should be. It's not, it doesn't look like a 140 or a one whatever it is. It, it looks super wide. I'm like, you know, we can stretch this. Or Tim's kind of idea. Let's just stretch this shit on there. So he said five and a half. I said five and a quarter. Let's do it. So, um yeah, we'll be getting billet next week to start working on that concept. And he's, you know, the soft hills and different style bikes. I think, you know, we might be on to something different in the the radical and pro-class custom scene. It might not always yeah. have to be baggers, you know. I think that's that's kind of where the what I see coming next. When well, if everything tr- goes great with your 2116, when will people start to see those, do you think, realistically? Well, the goal, um, as far as our timeline and business plan states, is to have uh, our product in prototype form, meaning that we'll make a very inefficiently expensive set of billet prototypes to mimic Mm -hmm. exactly what we plan on manufacturing uh, and release this in Cincinnati, so in a few months, to show this. Okay. Um, And so now this will be to show the product, I kind of want to just, you know, blast the, the, the MSRP out there. You know, I really want to be, uh, you know, as I, you know, we're all kind of learning all the time in this industry, right? I mean, if we, if we weren't a bunch of, you know, idiots and fuck-ups, you know, for the, for, for the most part, I'm not speaking for everybody, but, you know, we'd be doing something different than, than screwing with motorcycles. You know, this is what we like doing. And so, anyways, not all of us, you know, know exactly what to do out of the gate. So, you know, I've made a lot of mistakes. Uh, I'll admit it. But as I kind of grow through this, I'm like, well, what can I change? What can I do differently? What can, where can I avoid getting screwed over? You know, that's that sort of thing. Um, hasn't really worked so far. But I think with this one, I think I think I'm on to something finally. <laughs> so, so, Doug, tell we've people... Seen, Go ahead, Dave. I was just going to say, we've seen... You know, a lot of the wheel guys have got into matching air cleaners, and they're doing grips, and they're doing floorboards, and they're really expanding their base. You've got the speaker grills. Is there any plans for you to expand into stuff like air cleaners and continue that theme all over the bike? It's possible. Um, you know, I just – that's one of my things is a lot of a lot of wheel companies and a lot of, a lot of guys out there – you know, I, I almost—I don't know if it's if it's because they're smarter than me or what, but they they can make a design cut real fast. 
you know, and these are 2D wheels. I mean, it's, it's like they, we joke, so it's like 1D. You know, they just, you can put it in and not even flip apart. You just machine it and pull it out, and you're, you're, there you go. And and I, it's just like kind of like blows my mind. I'm like, fuck, they could cut that wheel in 45 minutes. I spend 14 hours. It's crazy. And the same thing kind of translates into these accessories. If I want to hold up to the standard that I already put on our production stuff, you know, I'm going to end up sitting here making friggin' $500 speaker grills. And that puts me, again, into that, you know, half of 1% that are even going to consider spending, you know, just, you know, it's ridiculous. You know, a guy wants 16, you know, $250 speaker grills on his bike. You know, it's just, there's only so many of those guys, right. you know. And then the other thing is, you know, I got, oh, dude, I got a 8.8. I need, uh, you know, the script. I need crystal poly in a, in a you know, in a six mm-hmm. by nine. And I need, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay, so I've got 10 wheel designs that are, you know, quote unquote production. And now they're going to hit me with fucking nine speaker brands and, you know, 10 different sizes. And I'm just like, okay, I just created 500 part numbers. You know, the problem is not even really machining them. Because there's mills. I mean, there's CNC. It's the programming. You know, I've got two new wheels out, which are not even really that new. Three, really. But uh, the Royal Flush and the High One, and those wheels are, I mean, we're talking about, I still need, I haven't done the 21 program on either one of those. And we barely got through the 16-inch program on both of those. And, um, you know, people don't realize how much is involved when you say a new style. You know, rotors, you got to do pulleys, you got to do you know, there's like 40 programs. So right. you say, okay, speaker grills, great. Air cleaning is great. Truck and floorboards, great. You know, let's just, you know, throw that on the on the pile, and and then you just you end up with a backlog, and you, that's worse than than just not doing it. You know. So I I think that it's possible. I just I'd have to figure out a way to just have a magician programmer. Um, and I think at the <laughs> end of the day, it just comes down to money. Uh, and, and just having shitloads of it to put into your company for development of products and then building inventory. I mean, you just, the company as it is right now, it's, it's you know, you call, you order, we make it. It's not like there's stuff on the shelf. And I mean, and it drives me nuts. I get five, ten calls a week. What do you have in 30 inch right now? And it wouldn't matter what style it was, they'll take it. You know, and I no, I don't have anything. So, you know, this is like, but can you count on that? You know, do you say, okay, well, I'll make three of everything I got and dump X amount of dollars into it, and then what happens when you, you know, it's just, it's a hard game to play. So right now I think it's, I think it's best as it is, but just, you know, streamlined, more efficient, turnaround times being reduced, um, but bringing in this OE product in inventory, uh, and having it ready for uh, whether we do our own distribution or whether we explore options of dealing with uh, large-scale distributors. I mean, that's some that we're going to, you know, we'll, we'll figure out as we uh, move forward and, and get towards Cincy. Um, but, yeah, the, 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 I just really, I enjoy the extreme side of it. Um, I love it when someone calls and says, I want to do a 3D30 or I want to do this crazy concept, like, you know, and I go, that's, sounds fucking really expensive and they're like i know i don't care and i'm like awesome me and you are going to be fucking great friends and 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 that's what happens you know and we build a freaking show bike and and i'll say call this guy get get an ass in from sean or you know you need to get this neck this trees this is how it's going to be and, and we, we'll put together 
song, and I love to be a part of it. You know, if I can help someone uh, do that and, you know, win a bunch of shows, it just fuck, it feels great. And so that's the other side of it. I don't ever want to let that part of it go. Um, you know, that the, the wild, ridiculous bikes, that's something I just, that's, 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 that's me. Um, but the, the normal stuff, I think I'd have one of those too, you know? So, well, tell us and that'll this. Lead for me those people listening, oh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I talk too much. <laughs> no, I was just going to say for people listening who are interested in buying one of your wheels and they hear you t- you telling us firsthand that nothing's on the shelf, you you make them per order. So, you know, obviously people know they're going to be a few weeks out. You have to wait for something good. Um, <laughs> how how are people oh, getting yeah, to you? How are people ordering these these wheels where do they go we've we've got some great guys um and we've got a pretty good social media following and mm-hmm. thanks to guys like dave and and jesse and the photographers uh don cates um a million other uh, others i'm forgetting um we've got a lot of exposure out there a lot of we've got a lot of show wins under our belt and we've got a lot of proud owners that, that have these wheels and they, they'll, they'll, they'll share it on Instagram and Facebook. And we, we repost that all the time. Um, people call the phones ring all day long. We've got some great guys, um, in different areas. Uh, Mitch and Joey at backyard baggers are way up there on the list of guys that buy a lot of wheels, uh, probably second most amount. Um, DA Performance, they buy a ton of, they were on uh, a couple shows ago, we, uh, I called in, those guys buy a ton of wheels. Um, they are, they're on my deep discount loyalty list for, for life. <laughs> I mean, they put up with so much of my shit and, uh, you know, I just, I love them for that. Um, Nick at Baggers Inc., uh, a huge supporter, he's become an incredible friend of mine. Um, Anybody you know, I can run down the list, but yeah, I mean, at Jesus, it's just it's everybody that 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 I I work with. I mean, the guys that I talk to on a daily basis about you know customers and new products, you know, it's you know Dana Albert, Jimmy Holstein, um, you know, uh, Curly, the uh, Dave Depore, um, shoot, even Eddie Trotta. I mean, I just uh, he's. I love Eddie. He's get him on the show. Can you please just schedule? I know John said it too. Get him on the show. Just get Eddie on the fucking show at some point or another. You got to. I mean, we'll see what it doesn't we even matter do. if he's on for the whole thing time. Just get some <laughs> audio of Eddie talking about his experiences in this industry and what he thinks of it. Yeah. He doesn't hold back, and he's just he's one of the best. <laughs> but uh, John, show rain him uh, in, Courtney. Rain him in, Lynn. The shine is coming through. Give them <laughs> it is. It is. We have we have a couple of guys who have been waiting very patiently for half an hour to come on. So I do want to bring them on because they have something very cool. Yeah, they they have something really important to talk about, and um, you're tied into this too, Doug. So um, I'm going to bring Phil and Aaron on now. Um, like awesome. I said, they've been waiting for a while to talk about this. Sorry, um, you guys with us? <laughs> Phil, Aaron, you guys with us? No, I enjoy oh, it. Oh, now they're snoring. Am I? I'm really boring. I don't think I'm that boring. Am I, or am I just? No, that's what I enjoy. It. All right, all right. <laughs> We're all here. Yes. All right. 
So, Phil's here. All right, so Phil and Aaron, um, I got in touch with you guys about this through um, Big Wheel Baggers Parts and Builders Review, right? Yes. And it's a Facebook page that I think all of us are on. And um, really cool page. If any of you guys listening are not on there, make sure you go on there. Um, request to join the group because it's a really it's really informative. A lot of people on there may not know a lot about big wheel baggers, and people. It's a good place for people to honestly go on and just innocently ask questions. Like, you know, the average. What do I need to do with a twenty three? Do I have to cut the neck? Can I just change the trees? Uh, those kind of questions. And there's people on there that are willing to answer those and give you know informed opinions so um you guys have put together a really cool fundraiser for somebody that we all have in common um kip from scrub um actually i'm gonna let um aaron or phil which one of you guys want to kind of tell everybody what's going on with this i'm gonna let one of you guys do it i'm gonna give her what i said i'm gonna give aaron the lead yeah, Aaron, okay. Aaron put a lot of Aaron put a lot of work into this. Okay, so Aaron, tell us what's going on. Well, um, Kip posted a I'd say about two weeks back that he found out that his daughter had. We well, thought it in the first place he thought it was bone cancer, but then found out I think a couple of days later that it happened to be something within her pelvis. So it's, it's still a bad thing, but it's better than being bone cancer and, you know, spreading throughout the whole body. But regardless, it's it's cancer and it's, you know, they've got to go through treatments and everything else that they need to go through. So uh, we just put a ride together, you know. Um, posted on, We posted on Facebook, you know, posted, let everybody know what was going on. And the response has been insane with all these people that have just come out and just jumped on crazy. and post. And crazy. Donated everything. Um, I mean, I've got a whole list. You, know, you guys can check it out. I, I can read them off, whatever you guys would like. But um, I'm looking at it crazy. right now too. It's it's crazy, absolutely. So and, you guys uh, put together a, a fundraising ride that's going to happen during Bike Week in Daytona in March. Yeah, yeah. We've been yep. wanting to put a ride together for a little while as you know, some kind of benefit ride. And then this happened, and it was just you know, perfect timing. So. Well, not perfect timing, but you know, it's it's a way to get everybody together, and you know, it just it, it brings everybody together. I mean, it's it's a great thing, you know. And like I said, this yeah. list, um, it's crazy. You know, we might it, what we're trying to do is get a full bike build out of it to be able to auction off and you know donate the money. Okay. And uh, and you guys and, have and had also, some. Go ahead. Well, I just wanted to say, you know, real quick too, is that you know, a lot, there's other people listening and. You know, you've got guys donating literally everything. I mean, almost. I look at this list, and I, I think uh, this this practically an entire bike here. I mean, I, I think there's still some up in the air on a frame, but I mean, I think I'm pretty much we've got. There's almost an entire bike right here in this list alone. And um, but for for those that want to be involved or, or interested in this, that the 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 problem is is uh, Ewing sarcoma, and that the the uh, disease is actually very treatable. Uh, which is really, it's, it's, you know, it's not a, there's no guarantees, but it's a really treatable thing. So there's tons of optimistic uh, outlook on this. I know Kylie's just super strong about it. I mean, she's 13, and I know she sees these guys in the industry. These are 
big players. You know, they're the main guys building the parts for the industry, just, you know, joining together. Um, you know, the, the, the comments, they just keep coming and coming and coming. I mean, it's just everybody wants to do something, and, and it's like everybody's really just on board. But for those that aren't parts manufacturers or whatnot, there is a GoFundMe, um, and uh, you can find that through going to Scrub Cycles page or GoFundMe.com slash Kylie uh, dash kicking cancer. Oh, geez. I kind of tried to copy and paste it, but actually just go to Scrub Cycles. I'm posting Facebook it right page. now on the Please post that. Page. Post the GoFundMe yeah. so that somebody, even if it's $10, $20, everything helps. And uh, again, I mean, this is all just to kind of, you know, help along with these treatments. And then uh, I know Kip's posted some stuff recently. It's just ridiculous how much all this stuff kind of costs and um, to help come up with a way to, to fight this would be but just fantastic if this community could do that. So, Aaron, you, you've done so much, and it's really cool that you called in tonight to talk about it. Well, thanks. Um, yeah. I mean, it's touched me, too. You know, everybody in my family that's ever passed is, you know, nobody's died from old age. It's always been from cancer. So, same here. Too, so, anything that we can do to give back, you know, it's yeah, just, I, I mean, mean, it's something, absolutely. you know, we'd make a couple absolutely. Facebook posts, and it could, you know, change their life, you know. Uh, and that's what's cool about it. But yeah, I don't even know. I mean, maybe it's like this in the in the friggin' catering industry or whatever. But we, you know, we're just just industries we're not in. But it's like I doubt it. You know, like this community of you know bike builders and people that are just fans of it or, or involved that are just willing to at the drop of a hat just donate. You know, major. You know, and, and regardless. Yeah, we've definitely seen within the bike industry, um, Dave, you saw it firsthand with um, the funds that you guys were able to raise during your Sturgis ride. Um, bikers really come together, and it's an amazing thing to see. And I'm glad that you guys brought up the GoFundMe page. Um, Tony Frey actually sent me a text earlier today with a link to it to remind me to say something about it. Um, and I think it's really cool. He told me, I don't know if I'm supposed to, tell anybody what he's doing but he's donating something that's very special to him um to her since she's fighting here so and you know tony used to be a fighter so um i think it's really cool what everybody's doing and i think everybody's coming together in a great way and um i don't know it's really special and we all hope that she comes through great i know she will and um anything that we can do to help we'll do um i've posted the link a couple times there, so you guys can go check that out on all of our Wide Open Radio pages, um, the GoFundMe account. And then, like I said, if you go to Big Wheel Bagger Parts and build a review, uh, join the group, and you can see all the talk about it there because they do have an event created for that, too. Um, now, I know, Doug, you wanted to say something about the three-cylinder. Doug, you there? Yeah, no, Doug's Thank gone. Thank you, He might have passed out. <laughs> he might have been that you... way. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I'm I'm glad that you guys have put that together. Um the the response that you've gotten, like you said, is absolutely amazing. Every day I check the post out and I see more people have added donations. Um everybody's really coming together and I think it's great. So at last that we talked, Aaron, um I think we were gonna we're gonna try to work it out where the ride starts at the speedway because that's 
a place where everybody knows where the speedway is in Daytona and it has a big area where everybody can gather. Um, and then you guys are going to end up, um, where are you going to end the ride? Um, we've actually talked to this, uh, we got a hold of this girl. She, uh, her family owns Cackleberry Campground and, uh, okay. it's right across the, from the cabbage patch. And yep. she is, you know, she's donated that space to us. Um, she said she's gonna have we're gonna have live bands there, uh with a bikini bike wash, you know. And I know you got a pig, I heard you talking about this pig, but um <clears throat> we're doing a pig roast, so don't be offended. <laughs> no, I'm you know, it's funny <laughs> because I, I it's been a hard transition for me. People talk about stuff like that now and I'm like, I'm I'm supposed to get mad about that, right? But whatever. Well I'm not I'm not um, asking you to donate your pig. <laughs> well good. <laughs> Good. So, um, well, all the details will get ironed out. Obviously, we have a lot of time left. We still have, um, oh, four months? Yep, four months. Yeah. Four yeah. months until it's the crazy. event. This thing's all came so, together in two weeks, you know. This has only been two weeks. And all these I know, I know. Stuff. I, just, yeah. you know, I just hope the momentum keeps going and people just keep jumping on board. Yeah. And but we're going to have you, know, you guys is, back you know, on probably in a few weeks we'll keep maybe once a month we'll update we'll have you guys on you can update everybody on what's been added to the event and who's come on board and you know give everybody an update on where we are um so yeah we'll i'll post the link to everything so everybody can see it and um thanks for coming on to tell us about it thank you thank you for having us on all right now doug's trying to get back on here but you know, you, 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 could um, sit, you could see the amount of F-bombs getting more frequent as the shine was getting more to him. So <laughs> I, I, I think, uh, you know, maybe Doug came out of the closet. Uh-oh. <laughs> maybe he did. I know you, you were trying to encourage him to do that. If you guys don't mind, so, I'd like to you know, read off a list of the people that have donated, if that's okay. Oh, yeah, go for it. All right. Um, well, I mean, we got. It looks like 17 people have donated so far. Um, as far as parts goes, um, Joey from Backyard Baggers donated a full front and rear air ride. Uh, he also wants to do the rake on the bike. Um, Scott Owens from Insane Asylum has donated an entire body kit. Um, we've got uh, Ken Nickel. He's uh, donated a complete detailing kit. And then we've got Unit 6 Motoring. And Paradise Paint, and they've offered to do a complete paint job on the bike, airbrush, the whole deal, um, plus put the bike together, you know, with the labor to put the bike together. And then we've got um, Bill Robsendorf, I believe. Robsendorf is the name. Um, and he's uh, offering floorboards, rear pegs to match. And we've got three seats, three custom seats that people want to make. And one's from James Carter. Um, Mars Custom Upholstery and Guys Upholstery. And then uh, Don Cates offered to do a photo shoot if we get the bike built, do a photo shoot for it. And then uh, Antonio from S-Bond Baggers um, offered to do all the powder coating for the bike. And uh, Mark Evans offered up a neck kit and air pistons. And we got Peter Jensen and Steve and they, these guys, I mean, they just they just got a hold of me yesterday, and they're like, hey, we will do 
all the audio for this bike. And you guys know how much that stuff costs and everything. This just list just goes on and on. These people just keep calling and calling and calling and sending me messages about this. It's just crazy. And then um, Mark from Low Life Industries and uh, Justin O'Neill offered up their 8-inch tour pack or their 8.8-inch tour pack with some 8-inch JL speakers. And then um, got Joe from Cool Metal offered up uh, Warrior 4 boards, front and rear, and then brake pedal. And then we've got another guy named Sean Cox that offered up a, a 14 Ultra, a dino frame for us. Um, Joey Beams offered up a C-Pan. And then Dave, Scoot Works, Hackaday has offered up another tour pack, too. So it's it's kind of wow. crazy, all these parts, you know. Like I said, it's only been awesome. two weeks, so yeah, we'll yeah. see where it goes. Yeah, no, if you guys are listening and you are able to donate in any way, part. Uh, who's doing heavy breathing? That's not me. I'm me? Am I back on the I fucking phone? I like somebody's going through a Lamaze class. <laughs> hello? <laughs> <laughs> so, hello? Oh, I'm back. Oh, you're back. Yeah, I told you. I'm back. I was on mute for a while. I was listening, and then you're all calling me out. I'm like, no, no, I'm not coming out of the closet. I'm on mute. Anyway. <laughs> And then we left We left Chuck Conrick over there with a half a heart on because he was sitting there waiting for my voice to come back. And then now he's <laughs> now he's got to get back into oh, his own. Oh, man. <laughs> Somebody shut him off. Sorry. <laughs> he's put me back on mute. I went, I went. I got used the opportunity to go back down and refill my cup of shine, though. This is cup three, full cup here, Dave. The good stuff, man. Love it. Oh, wow. Well, so, okay, again, if you guys have any way that you want to donate, you're welcome to get in contact with Phil or Aaron. Um, You can also go to the GoFundMe account. I posted the link to that. They're up to $2,560 out of their $10,000 goal, so that's awesome. It looks like it was started 13 days ago. So, again, just in under two weeks, we've been able to to come up with all this, so it's awesome. Um, Tell me – how is that the best way for people to get in touch with you guys if they're interested in the event, Aaron and Phil? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can just message us yeah. personally. It's really simple to do, you know. It's, okay. We're always on there, so. All right. Very cool. So um, getting back to the events that we're at now, um, I want to make sure, Dave, that I'm able to get a little bit in about Lone Star Rally because we do have um, a baddest bagger going on here this weekend. Um but I want to give Doug the chance also to tell everybody, like, where do people need to go? If they want to order a wheel from you today, who do they call? Where do they go? Where do they go to see your product? Well, it depends on your neck of the woods. It also depends on your time frame on a build. Um, there are a few guys out there uh, that are clever enough to order wheels, uh, be patient, wait, get them, and then say, hey, we have this in stock, ready to go. Um, <laughs> Backyard Baggers is a great example of that. They have 30-inch stuff ready to ship. Um, best bet is to just give them a shout, if, especially there in your neck of the woods, the majority of the business we do on the East Coast. Um, if you're looking for something that is, uh, you know, just a, a one of our wheels, um and you're just it's for your own personal bike, you can give us a call. We can give you a retail quote, uh, or you can let us know the bill that it's going to be tooling your bike. Um, and we'll actually offer incentives uh, to uh, to retail customers that will uh, introduce us to their shop that will do the build, and we'll set them up with a dealer account. And uh, 
you know, work one-on-one with them to get a, uh, you know, get them all going on, on a project. Um, otherwise, yeah, definitely uh, trust your your local bike builder, someone that you'll buy your parts from because, again, you know, most of the stuff we do right now is uh, it's quite custom. And, uh, you know, uh, you want to leave that in the hands of the professionals usually, uh, even as things get easier and easier. So whoever you're buying your parts from uh, are probably already set up. And if you want mm-hmm. to just check out the product line, you can go on to madwheelsinc.com. It's a really cool site. Uh, you know, just cool to navigate through. There's videos on there and lots of high-res pictures. There's a new catalog on there, new wheels on there. So that's also fun to check out. Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, I'd say just, uh, you know, stay tuned. Watch on social media. Instagram's real big for us at Mad Wheels. Uh, Facebook, Mad Wheels. Pretty simple. Pretty easy to find. Wow, he put his big boy very pants cool. on for that, didn't he? He, he, he did. really he did. He it up. It and that was very like, professional. He, revelation. <laughs> wow, he, he's fading fast, though. Do you, do you even have time to do uh, what you're known for, Court? Ooh, the hot seat. Do you think the hot seat? Do you think he oh, can handle man. hot seat? See, I was going to say, oh, we don't have to do it, but he even knows what you're oh. talking about. Wow. Oh, I'm a fan. I'm like a super fan. Well, if you're a super fan, right. you know it's short answers. It's one or two words. Yeah, yeah. Answers. These are like yay and nay questions. Yeah, no problem. I'll I'll try my best. Can you? Are you capable of doing that? No, I'm not. I'll be honest with you. But go <laughs> but, ahead. I'll but you'll, just hit the mute button, you know? <laughs> All right. So we're going to do the hot seat. This is our hot seat with Doug Magoon. Very quick answers, okay? Like, act like somebody Got is timing you. Okay. <laughs> what is your favorite motorcycle event? Sturgis. Where's your favorite place to ride motorcycles? Mm. I, I I just I have a passion for California. I love I love PCH. I love the coast, but I, I might also have to say Sturgis. Okay. Also. What What is your favorite? 26 cents tire. Shinko right now. Who is the person in the industry that you look up to the most? Oh, you might have to come back to that. There's some really, there's some really inspirational people in her in, in, in my, uh, in this industry. Um, Who's the first one that comes to mind? You're failing at this. I'm so sorry. For ins- for for innovation, I'm going to go with ballistic, and for 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 sure, money making and marketing capabilities, I'm going to go with John Show. Okay. Throw it What's your favorite vacation spot? My <laughs> favorite vacation spot? I haven't been on vacation in ever. I don't know. I, I went to Cancun last year. I had a, a like a four day mental breakdown. That was for great. I'm going to do that again someday. The breakdown, maybe not in Cancun. <laughs> All right. What? Um, uh, twenty six thirty thirty two. Is this for me or to sell? This is for you. What do you Perfect. recommend to people? Me personally, or what I mm-hmm. recommend to people? Oh, uh, if you had a twenty six already, you probably want a thirty. And if you are just getting into it, you, I, I'm not going to try to sell you a thirty. I'm pushing it twenty six. You can ease your way into it. But uh, me personally, um, next build, uh, I'll have the uh, another twenty six. Like, Actually, the correct answer, the correct answer was 88. You were supposed to add all three together, Doug. 
Oh, my See? God. Did you really do that just now? Are you like, are you, do you have, like, Asperger's? That's amazing. <laughs> Rain Man over here. Freaking awesome. Um, you know what? I know I didn't get to talk about Are we out of time? Because I was going to bring up something that was not quite on a on a, as light of a note, but it was something that I was going to share with everybody because people have heard it kind of slip out here and there and talk about it, but I never really, I never really talked about it, but. Okay, so I guess the hot seat's over, so tell us your news. Hell no, shit. I didn't know I'd interrupt. I thought we were over. <laughs> Keep going. Shoot them at me. I like no, it's no, all you yours. Did, Go you for did it. good. You did good. You did very well. I was as best as I could. I, I held on as long as possible. You really got to cut me <laughs> tell off. Tell us your news. Keep the answer short. <laughs> all right. Well, it's not necessarily news, but, I mean, Dave brought it up last week, and I felt like I might as well talk about it. Not a lot of people have heard about it. Oh, just a few of my close friends. Um, but, you know, uh, about a month ago, uh, a couple of days before my China trip, I was in a really uh, nasty motorcycle accident. And, uh, you know, I'm not really a religious person, um, but uh, something really uh, amazing happened that day. And I don't even know if my own mind is really able to wrap itself around this yet. I mean, it's... Uh, all signs pointed to me being obliterated. Uh, and somehow or another, I'm standing and walking, you know, for the most part, pretty well. I don't know how much of it's the injury, how much of it's the shine, but I'm still, uh, I'm up and about. And, uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, I have a, a rat motorcycle, which I mean, if you haven't seen it, it's pretty wild. It's on the, it's on the website, but, uh, I don't have the after pictures yet. It's still in the uh, police lockup. I think we'll get it out in the next day or two here. But, uh, yeah, I, I I headed into a, at a red light, into a major four-lane intersection full of full of traffic and in, in the middle of third gear with a giant rear tire on this thing. And so, you know, I was trucking along and uh, went down. And there was uh, not no brakes, like there wasn't, you know, like you needed to pump the brakes. There was no brake pedal. It was just loose. But the actual link between the pedal and the master had completely fallen out. And the rat bike only has a rear brake. And I'm heading at a major intersection red light, and I, you know, it was one of the most terrifying uh, experiences of my life. And I'm just so happy to, well, I mean, I don't even have to say it. You know, I've got kids i've got you know people that i i support or do my best to support and uh and, you know a, 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 an industry and a and a company i have a lot of passion for and i guess it's just you know it really wasn't my time but uh you you know you head through a busy intersection through a red at 50 you, you just it's kind of a crapshoot and uh yeah i mean those last three or five seconds before you hit, it just seems like it takes 30 minutes, you know, and I don't know a lot of people out there, a lot of people out there that ride, um, especially in the touring bike community, it's, it's just a lot of safety oriented, um, you know, it's just, it is safety oriented motorcycle riding in general, uh, not maybe our, you know, burnout, big wheel bagger guys, you know, laying frame and shit. Maybe we're not as much, but, the touring bike community as a whole, I mean, we're talking about guys that take really good care of their bikes. Bikes are always 100%, working great, polished, done. This would never happen on one of those bikes. 
So not a lot of people probably have experience with this, riding ridiculous motorcycles around that could potentially kill you. Um, but those that do, uh, I've actually been fortunate enough to, to spend some time talking with people that have had some really terrifying accidents. Uh, and Kenny Williams, uh, another great example of a guy that I look up to and has become a friend, someone that I can talk to about his stuff. He's been through some um, pretty remarkable recoveries uh, from a motorcycle accident that he had and that helped me a lot uh, just talking with him but uh, I mean it's a terrifying thing so anyhow the uh, and it's and the other thing too is it's 100% RFI it had nothing to do with the the build or the bike Todd who um, while isn't here at the party tonight is in Vegas and he is remarrying his wife Ryan for their 10 year anniversary out here in Vegas tonight so a big shout Aww. out to Todd if you're listening uh, tomorrow keep, or some other day. Keep it focused. Keep it focused. Shorten yeah, it. You got to bring me back. Rain it in. But uh, rain it in. Yeah. Let's go. But anyways, the accident. It uh, it happened. It 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 passed. Um, the trauma's fading, you know, pretty well. Uh, at first, and it was nightmare after nightmare. Just that that uh that inertia feeling. The feeling of of not being able to stop and looking at a an intersection full of cars and going that speed and you're, you're just riding this barge of a motorcycle and you go, what am I going to do? You know, am I going to jump off? And I'm wearing like Nikes and, you know, you know, uh, gym shorts and a t-shirt and a rain bucket. And I'm just, you know, I got no fucking plate or insurance. I mean, I'm just, just, just I'm just a piece of shit riding this thing down the road. And I'm now I'm about to crash into, I don't know what, you know? And so what are your thoughts? Jump off. You're going to be coming to be wadded up. I'm going to shoot the bike off and go right it into the middle of the street. It's going to get taken out by somebody. That's not good. I, my well, well Doug, the, yeah. Doug you're, you're getting off topic again. But on behalf of Courtney and I, if you wouldn't have made it, you wouldn't have set the record as our longest guest ever, which you now hold. This definitely and that, is. That record, and the record may never get broken, but uh, Court and I are about out of time, so we're going to bid you do. All right, thank brother. you for coming on. And, uh, it's your fault, and, and, by the way. No, no. I just <laughs> I, I enabled you, and you as an adult made the decision to open That's those true. jars. So, you know, I'm. Doug, I sympathize I, with you. I don't know if you listened to the episode where I told everybody, but I too was in a crash recently, okay? So I sympathize. It's. Terrifying. It's freaking terrifying, and it and it and it sticks with you, you know. I was just waiting on you to come in, Dave, with a comment on I, what I was on. But anyway, <laughs> she was on a ruckus, which, uh, but that's a whole different story. But Doug, Doug, we may see you tonight at your hangover suite. We may, Dude, we may come over, up. man. We so, still have uh, another I, jar. Wait, you, you, you guys have been the closet. Yeah, we need to see the closet. I'm going to get uh, a bunch of pictures of the Harley Cafe. So, Doug, yeah. hang up. You're done. I'm, You're I'm out off. of here. Thank you, brother. Bye, Doug. Thanks for coming oh, on. Bye, Courtney. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. The pleasure was all mine. Thank you. All right. Good night. See, Courtney, right, even thanks. when they're they're talking, even when they're talking about life affirming actions, you got to rein them in. You got to just <laughs> you, you got to pull the hook. That's nice, Doug. So, moving on. Um, okay. I, oh, you, you almost died. That's nice. So about Lone Star Rally, um, 
I'm here in Galveston. I want to get this out real quick because we are running out of time, and I promised everybody that I would talk about Lone Star Rally, so I'm going to talk really fast. I'm going to get all this out. Lone Star Rally is going off the charts this year. Um, if you guys go to LoneStarRally.com, you can see all the different events. They've added car and truck shows, although the car show today, i got to be honest with you guys, totally flopped. Um, I checked on it two times. One time that I came back, there were two cars. The next time that I came back, there was one car, not one of the two cars that was there earlier. So I feel really bad for the people that put that on. Um, there are car shows, like classic car shows, tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, and there's also a truck show, I think, on Saturday. Um, bike events, there's the bike games going on. There's a custom bike show that is going on Saturday, but we're not going to talk about that because that conflicts with Baddest Bagger, which is also Saturday. Um Baddest Bagger is going to be put on at Seawall, and Tony's going to be out there. I'm hoping Tony gets in. I don't know if you've talked to him, Dave. Um, I know his flights were delayed earlier, so I hope he made it in. Um, no, when I talked well, to Tony, it was about 10 o'clock my time this morning, and he thought rain was coming. Did there, is the forecast changed? And, well, you know, it said, and Rick Fairless, he texted me yesterday, and he was worried about this, too, because he didn't want to come down if it was going to be raining. Um, it did say, like, a 40% chance of rain for tomorrow and I think, like, 70% chance of rain for Saturday. Now it's looking like, I think it only says a 20% chance of rain for tomorrow and, like, a 60% chance of rain for Saturday. So it looks like it's moving on through the weekend. Um, today was beautiful. Tonight's beautiful, so I'm almost going. A lot of people are saying that the weather's going to stay north of us, so I'm hoping for that. Um, Baddest Bagger, as usual, you can register online for this, I'm assuming. Yes. Um, Yes. And then in-person registration is 11 to 1, so all bikes have to be there and registered by 1 o'clock. Again, that's at the seawall, and uh, awards are at 4. So, um, I think Baddest Bagger here at Lone Star Rally is is always brings some really good bikes, don't you? Well, you got all those Dallas guys coming. You got the Austin guys. It's such a big state, and there's so many big mm-hmm. little baggers, and and that seems to be the one show that they all come down for. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited about that. That's going to be a good show. Um, attendance seems to be pretty good. I'm pretty upset Starbucks was closed all day because their power was out, so I had no coffee today. Um, <laughs> so I'm ready for bed. But, um, yeah, it's it's been good so far. The Strand was packed already tonight. Um, Dave, you've been down here, right? You know the Strand is like yes. the Texas Mardi Gras. Um, Every time yeah, I go down there, it rains, though. Really? I've never been down there without rain. How about this? The first year that I came here, it snowed. Wow. Because they did the rally in December that year because the hurricane came through um, in early fall that year and wiped everything out on the island, so they had to move the rally back. And whenever I flew into Houston, uh, there was a few inches of snow on the ground. It was very weird. But anyway, um You'll send me some pictures from SEMA so I can post those. I will be posting pictures from here at Lone Star Rally, and we'll talk next week. Oh, we have um, Kobe from Speed by Design coming on next week. Oh, nice. Yeah. I guarantee you he won't set the record for our longest guest. 
I don't know. He that, had that me record? on the phone the other night. Um, we were Corey and I were at dinner with his parents, and I sat on the phone with Kobe for a while. So uh, he may give Doug rug for his money, but this is definitely the longest show we've ever done, <laughs> and the latest. I know I'm in Vegas. I should be out uh, doing mischievous stuff. I don't not too mischievous because you're engaged now. So. Keep yourself in check, but go have some fun, and we'll catch up with everybody next week. Right? You know, you have that gig- you have that giggle back in your voice, so thank you. And, and I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited just, for you. I'm, well, I'm not excited about sleeping with a pig at your house. What's up with that? <laughs> just, just let it let it sink in. You'll you'll accept it. I will talk to you. Think about it. Thank you as always. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. We'll talk next week. Everybody have a great week. Uh, Make sure you check out our website, our Facebook page, Wide Open Radio. If you're not a part of our private group page on Facebook, join that. It's called Wide Open Radio. Um, Well, I don't remember the rest of the name of it. Uh, Wide Open Radio something. But uh, you'll be able to find the group on there. Join the group and you'll be able to get all the information on who our guests are for the upcoming week, and you'll see all the pictures and videos and stuff that we post as well. Um, We'll be back next week, Thursday, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, as usual. And um, you guys have a great week. We'll see you then. See ya. Bye.